Hello and welcome to another Lord of the Dance SETI podcast. It's number three. Uh, I think this week, uh, as I'm a little bit pressed for time and this is going to take quite a long time and quite a lot of interesting things have happened <laughs> during the week, uh, I'm going to make this just a clips of unusual stuff that has happened uh, in the past week's gigs. Uh, so there was a a slightly newsworthy thing in Chorley where I got uh, a walkout and heckled within two minutes of the show starting and there's other little bits and pieces just from the various gigs where something unusual, interesting happened again, hopefully not too much of this will impact on your enjoyment of the show if you haven't seen the show, I'll try and keep uh, spoilers to a minimum but uh, I just want to give you some examples of stuff that's happening a lot of these recordings are quite poor I've had my phone in my pocket um, and uh, I'm going to get a microphone so that I can do a little bit better than this for the future. Uh, but just thought I'd show you what was going on. And uh, if you want to come and see the show, uh, it's going all around the country from now through to June. Uh, the gig's coming up. Uh, probably you'll have missed this. Uh, the Brighton Comedia on the 5th of March. Crawley on the 6th. That's very nearly sold out. Maidenhead on the 7th of March. Canterbury on the 8th of March, which I don't know if you know this is International Women's Day. So that will be quite a special one. Uh, and then Reading on the 12th, Didcock on the... Didcock. <laughs> oh, dear. what a That could be one of the outtakes. Edit that out, Terry. I'll look ridiculous. Didcock on the 13th. Uh, Winchester on the 14th. Bristol on the 15th, which, again, I think is pretty close to having sold out. So I'll mention all those again later. Go to richtown.com slash gigs or richtown.com slash w-h-e-t-d slash tour for all of the dates. Um... We'll start with the relatively uh, normal gig in Nottingham, uh, which I have a running joke about the tales of Robin Hood, which is something we used to go to in the 1990s, and then Nottingham deigned to close down. So that's the first little clip is about that. And a voiceover at the beginning of that particular tourist attraction has always said, it's time to leave behind your humdrum lives, which we always thought was a bit of a presumption that our lives were less exciting than the tales of Robin Hood. Nottingham, it's time to leave behind your humdrum lives. Please welcome the Lord of the Dance Eddie. It's Richard Herring. Hello, Nottingham. Still not forgiving you Good to see me keeping up a 20-year-old joke there. Compared to what's about to come, it does feel rather humdrum. All of this. Apologies if you can hear my daughter in the background. She's just been brought up for me to look after. Uh, now, this next bit, uh, every venue I go to, they provide me with a sofa. Uh, it's too expensive to tour with a sofa. I need it for the show. But if I had a tow sofa, I'd have to get a van and hire a van, and the sofa would be earning more money than I was from the tour. So usually I jump around on the sofa beforehand to test it's okay, that I'm not going to fall through it. Uh, and so I have to, there's a bit where I have to sit on the back of the sofa as well as we're going on. Uh, in Nottingham, I forgot to do that beforehand to almost hilarious results. I nearly fell off, but I didn't. But this is what happened. I took a plastic chair from the hut. I waded out through the water and I sat uh, on the island. It was my island. I discovered it. I haven't tried this out before. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Setting everywhere I go. I don't travel with the setting, this is provided by the venue. I forgot to sit on the back of it before we got on, and I thought for a second I was going to go up there. <laughs> and it's fine, there's a little bit of solidness down there. 
Uh, and on this leg of the try, very exciting. You got to play uh, the Adams Family Pinball for the first time. It's been released on a brilliant uh, app called Pinball Arcade, which I helped the Kickstarter for, but even though I did that, I still didn't get a free copy. Something went wrong. I bought it anyway, but I've been playing it backstage, and uh, this was the first time I'd been playing it, so I was a bit excited during the interval. I came on and tried to do a bit of stand-up material about it, aware that few people would be aware of what it was, and there was one man in the audience who played it, so I tried to do some observational comedy uh, about the Adams Family pinball machine for him, which you'll hear doesn't go very well. It's not, again, you can't quite hear it, but, you know, the, honestly, this will get better as this podcast goes on. But as I realise now, the Nottingham experience was quite humdrum compared to what was to come. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back the amazing Richard Herring! <laughs> I mean, that is, uh, that's... <laughs> guy in there. <laughs> and he sees all the shows, that guy. That's what I'm saying, but... Very much. So, um... <laughs> I've been playing Adam Stanley Pinball, did not he? Any fans of the Adam Stanley Pinball in? Yeah! Hey, the mamushi, eh, mate? Yeah, he's a thumbs up. That is a thumbs up for recognition. The heat comes in it, eh? You know what I'm talking about. And for some reason, this next bit is pretty murky. I hope you can hear it, uh, but it's a slightly amusing incident where, as I, at the beginning of the second half, I sort of explain that I'll be selling some DVDs and try to do some jokes from those DVDs to let people know what they can expect. Uh, and an other enthusiastic lady in the audience, who I think was called Liz, who was very nice, uh, decides to ask a question in the middle of one of my jokes, which is always a delight for any comedian, as you will see if you can hear this. And also on sale down for 15 to 10 pounds is what is love anyway. Uh, all about uh, love, our is love, just a chemical reaction, our brain by which our subconscious lets us know who we should be procreating with. There's a question, halfway through a joke, but that's always a good time to interrupt. Do you accept debit cards? Do I accept debit cards? <laughs> I don't actually know, but it's, uh, I'm glad you asked, because you can sort that out. It's a good place just halfway through that joke. Let's just start. And I've managed to get a new topical bit into the show in the bit where I am discussing um, something impressive I've done, which will be in the, in the first of these clips. Uh, I then The audience are never impressed, and so I then pick on some local thing that I pretend is the most impressive thing about their town. I've only started doing this very recently. I haven't recorded with all of them. Uh, in Aylesbury, I went, we're not impressed with that, Richard. I'm pretending to be the audience, obviously. The trials of the great train robbers were held in Aylesbury, something I knew because the last time we were in Aylesbury there happened to be a documentary about that subject, just as I was driving into town, which was weird. So that's it was kind of an odd, nice detail to pick on. When I was in Cheddar, I said, uh, we have some steps called Jacob's Ladder that go up a hill. You don't have to even have to walk up the hill. You can go on steps and then look out over some of Somerset from the top of there. So it's that kind of thing. Uh, I should have a few of these in a row now. The first one comes from Nottingham and shows you 
where it comes in the show uh, and the kind of crazy ad lib stuff I then make up. Hope you enjoy it. I now see it's my duty to live July the 9th till you're 100 years old and then kiss some terrified young relation of mine, bang on the mouth, and thus travel 200 years and three different centuries, 19th, 20th, 21st, with just two kisses. No, that does not impress you, does that mean? Oh, that would impress us in Nottingham, Richard. We, we had the tales of Robin Hood here. That was how we had a, a dummy dressed up as a sheriff of Nottingham. Where, and we, we, even that, even when we had that, we just threw it away and turned it into a Tesco. So it's now we had the most impressive thing in the world. And that was still not enough for us in London. So now, fucking burn all that stuff. Throw it, throw it away. We've got an imaginary man as our tourist attraction. That's how cool we are here. <laughs> Then backstage at Wolves, I very quickly remembered what I had to do and very fuck, about five minutes before the show, Googled uh, Wolverhampton to find out what claims to fame it had. And uh, this is what I came up with about uh, Wolverhampton, which you would only get from Google, but I did remember the facts correctly. No, that does not impress you, Wolverhampton. <laughs> That does not impress us in Wolverhampton, Richard. Three kisses in two kisses for three centuries. That we we we're more we have more impressive things than that in Wolverhampton. The first automated traffic light was in Wolverhampton. So it takes more than that. Between 1868 and 1975, we had 200 bicycle businesses in Wolverhampton. We don't have any anymore. But for those years, we were the premier bicycle manufacturer. So it takes more. Then it's an old woman kissing a child to impress to impress us like in Exeter, actually, I forgot that I, I did again. I googled claims to fame for Exeter uh, and found out that an IKEA was opening in Exeter, which was again quite a, a funny thing to choose uh, to realise because it was a kind of local knowledge thing they would all know about, but not expect a stranger to know about. So, and Plymouth hadn't got the IKEA, and they were obviously delighted about that. So that was another interesting thing to choose. Uh, this is what this is Salford, not quite as good, but still some quite funny bits in this. No, is that not impressive, Julia and Salford? That doesn't impress what two kisses in three hundred years. That doesn't impress us, Richard. We're in Smyrna and Salford. The Coronation Street experiences here. We've got that. We can, we can go and see the set of Coronation Street any time we like. It takes more than that. We've got the Lowry outlet. They sell stuff. You can buy broken bits of chocolate from Catherine World. And finally, in this bit, this came from Chorley in an otherwise quite interesting gig. <laughs> this was didn't get a back reference to the amazing thing that happened in Chorley, which we will get on to in a sec. No, that's not impressive to you, Chorley. That's not that. Takes more than that to impress us here in Chorley. Bill Bowman was born in Chorley, because we are Ken Morley from Coronation Street, the, the racist man was born here. We are. It was in Chorley that King James I knighted a piece of beef and that was where sirloin came from in the clearly made up story. That happened in Chorley. So it takes more more than that to impress. Wolves was uh, the next major gig. I've heard a little bit of it there. Uh, Which is, for me, like a big gig because it's wolves isn't a town i've ever been that popular in but there's four or five different size venues at the civic hall and you can i've slowly was working my way up a few years ago and now i've kind of settled on the slade room which is about 150 seater which is nice for me it's a really nice room but there's a 2200 seater civic hall which my ambition is to play that that would be and sell it out obviously and there's a jacuzzi and a sauna in the dressing room i noticed once when i shared that dressing room so i'd like to go in there daro bream was in this time and uh 
I did comment to him, you know, imagine the things that have happened in that sauna in the 1970s. Uh, and he was glad he hadn't been in it now to be tainted homeopathically by the sexual crimes of the past. Uh, I was in a little, the Slade rooms. It's decorated with pictures of Slade, who themselves look like quite an unusual uh, band, really, when you see pictures of them. Noddy Holder and one of the other ones that look very much like sort of Jimmy Savile's brothers. Uh, and then there's Dave Hill, who just looks crazy. Uh, and then the other one, I don't know his name, is quite good looking and could be in the Bay City Rollers. So it's it's an unusual but great band uh, and uh, it's wonderful to be associated with them. Uh, not too many uh, unusual things happened in this gig, luckily, uh, but I did ad-lib a bit at the end of the first half and I made up a new joke and then then I commented on making up the new joke. I won't say what the new joke is, so you have to come see the show, but this is what I then said. So that's a new bit at the end, uh, which is lovely, because it, never, it wasn't really getting a laugh, and it's the end of the first half, and it was, you know, it was just, it was a downer. Well, that wasn't as good as the next story. So you just end on a thing that's at least nearly as funny as the rest of the team. I then just laughed, and I said, well, why don't I make that up as I'm going along? And then suddenly that happened. That's how the magic happens. So, um, talking still when I did that either, so they didn't. That's how little microphone would technically come. I think I can do that and it's still cool. I'm not going to do that bit again. I really uh, really badly. I might be concussed. Uh, so I'm going to lie down, go and have a drink or a wee. Uh, I'm not going to do what you want. I'm not telling you. You're very your own decision. Uh, go home if you want, there's still some more to come, but you know, if you're not, you're not enjoying it, don't stay in the second half. There's more, more of this with less me hitting myself in the head with a microphone. No, I'm guessing the people haven't enjoyed the first half, that was your favourite bit. Don't stay in the hope that I'm hurting myself. Will you, will you be dancing in the second half? I might be dancing in the second half. I have to wait and see. I'm going to all the magical illusion for the little kiddies, do I? Am I giving away all the happenings at the end? Salford was the next gig. Um, again, I've sold this room. It's a big room. It's sort of 500 seat a room, and I've sold it out a few times. Uh, but this year it was a little bit down. So this only 40 or 50, but that's kind of maybe indicative that um, that things uh, have hit a peak and are now declining. Which is you know part of what this podcast is about to discuss the declining fortunes of a journeyman comedian. Uh, but it was an amazing gig. It was really good fun um, and. I'll share with you a couple of the little things that happened in here. There was a 13-year-old boy uh, sitting on the front row who I had a quick discussion with early on. Good. How old are you? 13. 13? No, that's... That's that's old enough for me to be miming, holding my own penis in my hand. It's only a mime, right? So that's... That's all right, right? If it was my actual cock, I'd be in trouble, but... You don't mind, man. 
mean is that is fine, because that could mean anything. I could, there could be anything in that hand. So, good you've got your dad here. I'm pre- I'm in show business, you have to be careful. So, uh, it's... Uh, Always there on the side. If you want to come back to the dressing room, no, I don't. Just a bit of fun I've got. Got some computer games and sweets back there. It's not what I'm I feel sorry for people. I was of having sex with a 13-year-old boy. It's the most disgusting thing I can think of. Ugh, they're stinky. So, um, uh, oh, poor old Pegafast. That's what I No one thinks of it from their point of view. That's what I... And I did mess around a lot in this gig. I can't really uh, share most of it with you because it's within routines that I don't want to spoil for the show. Um, And uh, I was competing in Salford with Ant and Deck, who were recording their Saturday show over the water and had a massive slide with people cavorting around on it. So I was amazed that anyone came back for the second half. Uh, This was the very end of the first half which I thought was a bit more interesting than this but it isn't but you know here it is anyway I've found, found the bit and edited it down so you're going to bloody listen to it the Chorley thing is coming up straight after this which is much more interesting once always once so that's the interval uh, sorry I passed around the loads in this stuff I've really enjoyed it but I sense I've tested all patience I promise in the second half I will just sit, just, I will just do the exact words and I won't, I won't change it. You'll just, this is just going to be like a, a robot voice for the second half. <laughs> uh, but I've had a really good time so far, so I hope you have as well secretly, but you're just keeping it to yourself. Uh, and uh, I'll be back in about 15, 20 minutes soon. So the next day I headed to Chorley, which is always a fantastic gig. It's run by Ian and Estelle and some other comedy fans who have put together... It's called The Little Theatre. It always sells out, um, for me anyway. Uh, and uh, it's always a great reception. Uh, they usually put little treats and stuff for me backstage. They had lots of sweets. Uh, there's always a Chorley cake there, uh, which is a kind of a local delicacy, which isn't very nice. This year, as a special treat, they'd made a Richard Herring Chorley cake. And this should have been the most exciting thing about this gig. Um, because they'd done a chorley cake made with cheese and mango chutney, which is the Richard Herring baked potato you may be aware of that I always have at uh, the Tempting Tatty in Edinburgh that I'm trying to get named officially the Richard Herring, which is it doesn't even happen at the Tempting Tatty. So they made a chorley cake, which is a sort of sweet little biscuity dessert, uh, and they got someone at the Woodlands Cafe, I think it was called, to make one with cheese and mango chutney. I wasn't holding out great hopes for it, but it was really delicious. I, I ate two. Usually I have to force the Chorley cake down. So I started the show by referring to this. Um, and to be honest, I thought I'd lost the audience a little bit at the start because I was deliberately a bit rude about Chorley. I thought they would like that. Most places are a bit, you know, a bit rubbish. And I think Chorley would admit they're a bit rubbish. Their town centre smells of a sewer. It did the last time I was in there. Um, they usually quite like that, but I, we'll see. We can listen to this and work out why it didn't go quite as well. We'll see. But then after that, something interesting happened, but we'll get into that. Already. I've, I've, uh, I've been very honoured. I've had a special Richard Herring Chorley cake 
uh, invented for me, which is uh, chorley cake with cheese and mango chutney in it. <laughs> which is surprisingly nice. You know, I've, every year they give me a chorley cake backstage as a gift. And I eat it out of politeness. It is disgusting. <laughs> uh, actually disgusting. It's like, I wouldn't feed it to a pig. Uh, you are, you are the food you live off. But if you put uh, cheese and mango chutney in it, it's quite nice. Uh, there. Yeah. Uh, okay, so good times. Only joking about it being like swill. That was a joke. So welcome to the show. Uh- Actually, that went better than I thought. Uh, but then I did my opening jokes, and th- like almost deliberately, this show starts with a routine that I think could play in the Michael McIntyre Road Show. You know, it's an observational routine about childhood hymns. I mean, there's a little bit of cheekiness and rudeness about Jesus in there. There's a few cock jokes in there, I suppose. We talk about the purple-headed mountain in All Things Bright and Beautiful without giving too much away. Uh, so I was surprised to see, as this routine came to an end, a woman getting up and and seemingly leaving i assumed that i mean i've had a few heckle experiences you can check them on youtube and whatever um i sort of i had one in wolverhampton where someone walked out after uh, sorry in derby when someone walked out after 30 seconds but they were in the wrong room but they were meant to be at a christian rally and they'd come to see christ on a bike or something along those lines so they were a bit upset and then had to come back for their coat it was funny uh but uh, which is always great when people have to come shamefaced back but uh Oh, I've done this in the wrong... Oh, it's OK. Um, so I generally thought that she was um, in the wrong show or just needed to go to the loo or whatever. Uh, and even at the beginning of this, make a joke about her, oh, are you offended by him? But she was offended by the religious content of my stuff. Uh, this is what happened to begin. I'll, I'll explain the joke. No, I'm not enjoying it. It's good. I can understand why you've been so upset. A lot of people feel very strongly about hymns and how they mustn't be they mustn't be mocked so I can understand walking out it's a good job you've never why come to see any of my other shows why do I need to talk about it? why do I need to talk about why do I need to talk about hymns seriously are you upset about me talking about hymns I'm seriously, seriously? Upset or was it the Chorley Cakes thing in the beginning was that what no. I was like the Chorley Cakes was a joke I really I was just having a little no you can't have the microphone that's why I have power over you <laughs> What do you want to say? What's that? Did you did your dad write all things brand beautiful? Is that right? No. Do you think Jesus can't cope with me slightly I, I mocking you? Hey, do you think that's what the problem is? I'm absolutely mortified. Are oh, you mortified out? If you come to any of my other shows, you would you fucking be dead. Now this is this is the most gentle start to any show I've ever done. I've done shows about penises. I've grown a hit and moustache. I've done a whole show about Jesus. How long was Jesus' cock? <laughs> Must have been a certain name, wasn't it? See, like, you'd be dead, you'd be dead. No, you, you carry on, I'll just keep on getting worse. Yeah. That's, all, that's the way it's going to be. Because <laughs> the many Charlie have do die for people like you. Oh, please, please don't have a go at when I needed a neighbour. Please. What is nothing sacred? It's a fucking joke, darling. Cry, cry. Do you, do, do you ever do any jokes about Muslims amongst your friends? Do you ever do that? No, do you, no you never do that. No, that's good. I'm sure you don't. Uh, so, uh... Fucking <laughs> <Happy> hell. <laughs> Is that for real? <laughs> Stop filming. Uh, so, uh... I don't, do you know anyone know her? I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, she's, I'm, she's not from around here. <laughs> <laughs> she's from Shed 
She's from Cheddar, no. That would explain it. I'm scared about the Wookiee Hole Witch in Cheddar, so you can understand. That is the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. Enjoyed it. You know, it's nice to have a, a change. But it's a very. I mean, I'm very, obviously, seriously, very upset to have upset someone. I have to. I have to pretend to not be. That's part of my job. But I have to carry on. So, uh, it's a very gentle show. This one, I have to say, compared to the usual show. But I'm just worried. You know, I never thought that that opening routine could upset anyone. I'm just worried we'll be upset next by the next thing. I'm going. Yeah. Good job. I've got a lot of stuff about ball guys coming up. Good job. Good job. Good job. Good job. Uh, so, uh, okay, so. Right, you know, the purple headed man. I've had a good beer. Let's crack on. So, this show is. Uh, I was genuinely a bit uh, shaken up and surprised by that. I, I did uh, throw me for quite a while as I tried to get back into the show. Uh, and But it was a great thing because I could keep back referring to it. Someone else went to the toilet during a bit about John Donne and I got upset about them not liking jokes about hymns or metaphysical poetry uh, within Chorley. Uh, anytime anything slightly offensive happened, I could go, oh, thank God she's not here. So that became a little catchphrase throughout the show. But at the end of the half, I then kind of... Sort of asked, I wonder what who who she'd come with. You've been lovely so far, with one exception. Let's see if we can. Um, let's see. If we, did she come alone? Did she come alone, or it's like someone else sitting there going, "Oh, I'm enjoying the hidden base." You you were with her. You you, felt, you didn't feel the solidarity to walk out with her. You stayed loyal to me above your friendship to that woman. Or it was your first day, so thank you. Very it was your first. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I think perhaps I may have saved you from a fake husband. <laughs> we'll find you another date in the internet. <laughs> All right, that's fantastic. Well, it's just great value. Uh, so, uh, I like so, top loader. You, you like top loader? You like top loader? Yeah, I was trying, trying to get to you, mate. I'm just this whole thing. I'm going to get that guy, and then I'm going to hate her, and that's why that wasn't the first time. I'm going to get that guy, get everything in his life destroyed. You know, you've been lovely so far. We've got an intro now. God knows what's going to happen next. <laughs> I'm very excited. I'm going to have a wee and a drink, and I'll see you in about 15, 20 minutes. Thank you. So yeah, it was it was quite a night. I won't bother putting any more of that up there. That's quite a nice uh, little end to it. Um, but it did, you know, it actually ended up. I tweeted about it, and uh, he said, uh, and Gary, I think the guy was called. He'd uh, been married, and this was his first date for eighteen years. So it's if you come to see the show, it can destroy love. But it's a good test. A few people have come to see my shows and ended up getting married and having kids. So it's it's good to do this early to find out whether you're compatible or not. Uh, the story ended up in The Telegraph and The Independent and various other places. And I think a, a dating website has offered Gary uh, a free membership of their website. So, you know, hopefully I'll have a happy ending. If you like the sound of him from that. Uh, I mean, who would bring a first date to a rich Terengi? She did say the lady who left... Um, that she'd been upset that all the, the audience were going to hell for laughing uh, at jokes about the puerile elements of hymns, which may be true. Uh, and she also said, why couldn't he do jokes about garlic bread? 
Well, the problem with that, I suppose, is that Peter Kay would probably be annoyed, or people might say, well, it hasn't somebody else done that joke already. So you never know with comedy. That's the uh, incredible thing. So um, as I say, uh, coming up uh, on uh, the next few days in Brighton, surprisingly low sales in Brighton. It'll be too late for you to come. Um, that's usually one of my banker cities, though I have been there before This on this tour, so that's part of the reason. Still enough to have fun. Crawley is nearly sold out. Maidenhead, Canterbury, Reading, Didcot, Winchester, Bristol, I think they're almost sold out. Uh, and then coming up later in the month, Newcastle on the 17th of March, Edinburgh on the 18th of March, Glasgow on the 19th of March, Chesterfield on the 20th, Norwich the 21st, Birmingham on the 22nd. Um, hopefully I'll get to keep on doing some more podcasts for you. And do come along to the show if you can, richtoning.com slash L-O-T-D-S slash tour. And just to end on, I've remembered a little stupid bit from the Salford show, one of my bits of self-indulgent at the end of the Dave Manager routine. Again, doesn't give anything away. I've cut off the actual routine. I think this more or less stands on its own, but this will serve as a nice little ending to the podcast, which is just a podcast of out clips from just four shows. Can you believe it? And it's taken half an hour. So I hope you've enjoyed this. Do tell your friends about this podcast. Do tell your friends about the show if you enjoy it. Enough people are coming for me to make a living, I think, but it would be nice to have just, you know, I know it's nice that I'm your little secret comedian that no one else knows about. Just tell one person about me and then I can make a much better living. Thanks so much for listening and I'll see you next time on the Lord of the Dance City podcast. Bye. Yeah, and Dave's advice on that, if you don't want to go to the seminar, is to retain a stoic silence. So don't be an item, that's what he... He starts the seminar by reciting the whole of No Man Is An Island by John Donne, and he goes, like, I am an island, John Donne. <laughs> I haven't said that bit before. Probably, probably won't say it again. But it amused, it amused me. It amused me to add that detail tonight. Just... <laughs> Only me, though, and that is why that is... <laughs> And for me, that is the most pleasurable thing about touring, is that occasionally I'll just do a joke that only I find I've seen the rest of the show, so, you know, it's... When a new bit comes along, I'm just delighted about the chat. I was like, oh, good. I'm bored of seeing this. Seeing this other extra times. It was good when he put the bit around the poem. No one else liked it. I don't know. It's like they don't like the show as well as I do. It's a kind of in-joke to people who've seen the show 500 times. As, as was this, this whole bit, which you wouldn't be surprised here. This is not usually in the show I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying myself. <laughs> Saturday night, we'll be allowed to have some fun. There are-